To support our work at the Izzy and Murtada Picture Show and the work of other independent creators like us, sign up to listen to the podcast on Nebula. Nebula is the creator-owned streaming platform that hosts great videos and podcasts like the one you're listening to right now. Sign up today at nebula.tv slash picture show, and you'll get access to this podcast plus other great podcasts and videos. Sign up at Nebula and help support independent media creators. That's nebula.tv slash picture show. Welcome to the Izzy and Mortada Picture Show. This week I have a very special guest um, for a film that is up for the Oscars this year. My guest is director Lena Swalem, who directed the Palestinian film Bye Bye Tiberius, which is Palestine's entry into the Oscar Best International Feature. And it's a documentary, so it's also up for Best Documentary. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting Lena when the film played in New York in November. Lena, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk to us about this film. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Yes, I so I love this film a lot. And sometimes when I, I love a film, um, I don't know where to start because I have so many questions. But I just want to ask you at the beginning, this is um, your your second film. Your first film was uh, called Dare Algeria, which was a few years back. And I heard you talk about Bye Bye Tiberius as sort of in conversation with that film or a sort of sequel to it. So can you tell us about that first? Yes, I always perceive uh, Bye Bye Tiberius as a continuation of my first film, There Algeria. Uh, you know, There Algeria was my first film and I had never done anything before related to filmmaking. I used to program in film festivals. I wanted to work uh, in cinema, but I didn't know how and, uh, and when and from which side. And so There Algeria was my first film. And in, in There Algeria, I filmed my paternal Algerian grandparents who immigrated from Algeria to France. And I filmed them at the moment that they separate uh, at age 80. So it was kind of a film that, you know, was made in a, in a moment of spontaneity. And it was a vital need for me to capture their story at the moment of their separation. But I didn't think of making a second film when I was doing there Algeria. It was really a visceral thing. I needed to capture story of uh, my grandparents who were who lived uh, separation after separation. Their first separation being their their exile from Algeria to France and their mm. separation as as a couple. And mm. so when I was touring with their Algeria after I finished it, uh, I was always saying that. You know, it, it came from a, a need to understand their story and the story I come from. Uh, and I was also talking about the fact that I also had Palestinian family. So a lot of people were asking me in the screenings, are you going to do a film about your, your Palestinian family? And at the time I was answering that I don't think so because it's a bit too hard. Uh, I didn't think I would have the courage to tackle it. And it actually started you know, being something that interested me. And I said, it's actually in continuation and in the sense that I keep on exploring a story of exile through mm. family, through the, the questions of transmission, through the questions of belonging in a family, uh, belonging to a land, belonging to a culture, uh, while having to deal with the ruptures and the fractures that exile creates in the mm. line of transmission. 
Yeah. And that's, um, I love just what you said, you know, because um, what I perceive by by Tiberius as, and I'm sorry if I'm saying that it's Tiberia in Arabic, but um, so I don't think I can say it in English. So I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing right. it. <laughs> but, um, but what I felt about it, it's, it, it sort of tells the story of displacement of Palestinian people during, um, through the lens of this one family, through these amazing women who are trying to make art, who are trying to make homes and lives in different parts of the world. And through their interaction, you tell a story of a whole people. Um, and, you know, um, but also in this film, you had sort of the courage to put your camera at yourself and at your mother and your aunts. Um, and so tell me a little bit about that. That takes, uh, you need to be open and vulnerable and you need to convince your family to be as vulnerable as you want them to be in the film. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was that was not an easy part, but I feel like it's it's what my life has always been. You know, I learned cinema through my parents. I lived cinema also through my parents, both being actors. I discovered movie sets uh, in Palestine, for example, when my mother was shooting while being with my family. So it, cinema and family has always been very uh, intricated. And so I never, I, I think I, this, what, this, is, this is what gave me the courage to bring my camera into the, into the different homes of the people of my family. And I also, you know, my dad was filming a lot in the 90s, mm. my aunt, my family in Palestine, and he was also filming uh, his own parents, Algerian. So it's as if the camera has always been present in our mm -hmm. in our lives. And I always felt that, uh, you know, my, my aunts and family had this ability to accept the presence of the camera as if it was a prolongation of myself, you know, mm -hmm. like always saw me with it. Uh, so they, they accepted it or they always saw my father with it. So as a daughter of my father, it was quite natural for them that I would be bringing a camera. But of course, it was not easy because I was always trying to not push the limits of their intimacy and things that they were not comfortable sharing. And at the same time, they were very natural. Uh, they were very themselves and they were very, they were trusting me a lot. So it gave me a lot of confidence. I never felt that I was... Uh, disturbing them and I felt that they were even excited to exchange with me even though having this camera between us but it brought you know like an excitement also so I was very lucky um, and I I know that I'm, I film my family because I know that I can you know if, mm. if they were not comfortable with it I don't think I would have had the courage to do it I think the most difficult thing in Bye Bye Tabaria was to film my mother mm. which is contradiction because she's an actress so <laughs> the one used to camera yeah she's used to camera as an actress and when playing other parts and playing other roles and expressing expressing emotions of other characters and not herself so it was hard for her to accept the camera of the documentary you know yeah was she trying to give you direction you know um 
If you're listening to this podcast, you must know Hiyama Abbas. We know, like personally, I know her from all her work currently in Succession and Rami, but all those fantastic movies throughout the year from Munich to Gaza Monomor to, you know, so she's somebody in the consciousness, especially of, of Arab people as someone who is international and Arab and represents all of us. Um, so can you, was that sort of like hard to then be like, no, just be yourself. Um, don't, don't play yeah. a character. <laughs> No, it was really hard because even for me, it was hard to film my mother because I know that she's used to movie sets and she's an actress that I also, as her daughter, admire. And so it was hard for me to like, you know, come as the director and have this confidence because it was still my mother and I was still the daughter. Yeah. Um, so we had to find a balance in which we could be equal and respect each other's position as filmmaker and the character. But at the same time, I film also I also film her as my daughter. So it was tricky. And it was funny at first, like she was she was not uh, able really to to behave naturally. And so I felt like she was answering a journalist. So we would like <laughs> tell her, I'm not a journalist, I'm your daughter. And uh, and so it took quite a time. And also she it was hard for her because the question I was asking her were bringing her back to a time and place. Uh, that was painful and that she had moved on from but she knew that she needed to share with me as a part of the transmission so you know like I knew that she wanted but it was just she needed some time and I also needed some time to be comfortable mm. with doing that so it, it was hard but I knew that we would we would find our balance at a point yeah, I think you did. You know, I love your film and I've seen um, that the film has been received warmly wherever I, wherever it goes, certainly at the two screenings in New York that I was at. They were full and everybody was engaged with the film. You won an award at Marrakesh recently. Um, but what does your mom think? I think we, yeah. we want to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually very happy that my mom loves uh, accompanying the film with me. Um, I think it... Uh, it brings us closer, even though we were already very close, but it brings mm. us closer at another level, uh, artistically, and also as mothers and daughters, and also as women, uh, mm. in a more equal relationship. The first time that my mom saw the film, it was after I finished the editing, before I went into post-production. I really wanted to be sure that she was comfortable with it. And, you know, if she had an issue, I would have had... I would have changed whatever she would have asked, you know, because it's still her life. And and she's the one who opened the door to all the other women characters in the film and shared her her intimate stories and her poems and her text and, and her her inner imaginary, let's say. Mm. And so I, we saw it together at her place when I finished the editing and I was really, really anxious and really stressed. And I wasn't looking at the film. I was looking at her like throughout the whole film while she was watching and when it finished, she actually had told me that she usually doesn't like herself in a film when she sees the film for the first time, when she acts in a film. But in this film, because she's not acting, she said, I like myself and I'm okay with it. <laughs> so that was, <laughs> and that was great because she's seen it many times since and she sees other layers and she, she feels as I feel. Uh, we are very proud of this film because for us it's a way to make all the women of our family immortal and mm -hmm. exist forever. 
and all the places of our, our memories immortal and exist forever and it gives us back a sense of belonging so we're proud in the sense that we're proud that it exists and that we are able to be with it so i think yeah it, it, it eventually we found our balance as you said yeah, yes, I think you did. And I think a lot of people also see themselves in it, um, uh, not just Palestinian people, but people who want to um, live life as artists. Because I think one of the films that you, you um, one of the things you do so well in the film is that, you know, you have, you tell us about your mom's vocation as an artist, the difficulties that she went through. Um, you have her recreate things from her um you know, early years as a teenager, as a young woman in the world trying to make art. And I wanted to ask you that because as a documentarian, you know, truth is paramount. But in your film, you have these um, playful scenes where your mom and your aunts recreate the past. And it comes out in such a beautiful way that even though it is a recreation and they are maybe working from their memories or from what they remember, it comes as truth and it comes as something really moving. So can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes, I think this is what is interesting about documentaries and exciting also as a documentary filmmaker is that sometimes when you want to show the truth, you have to re re recreate a situation or stage a situation for the truth to be able to emerge. Mm. Because anyway, as soon as you bring a camera somewhere, you disrupt the truth. So mm -hmm. to make it come back. And so I I re I knew that if I could recreate the complicity that had existed at a point between my mother and one of her sisters at a certain time by asking them to to play their own self but younger, I could find the truth of what they were or I could perceive the truth of what they were at that time or what that that moment meant to them by making them even react something mm. uh, and so it was also a way for me to and I was also a way for me to allow my mother to be comfortable and to share more easily because she's more comfortable as an actress so I was using the fact that she was an actress to make her act but act things of her real life because it was hard for her to talk about her intimate self and her intimacy mm -hmm. uh, truthful way and authentic way because she's not used to like questions and answers and it was hard to do it in a frontal way like answering me directly so by recreating these scenes where she reenacts her young self it allowed her to be free of this fear of you know mm -hmm. of talking about her intimate uh, intimacy and she would like let herself go and actually her intimate emotions were coming back at this moment. So it was a way to recreate and reactivate the memory and the memories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I love what you said about, you know, um, reactivate the memories. Um, I think you know this, but um, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is the story. I think I'm going to cry. It's a story where um, he um, talks about her aunt who was separated from the rest of the family and, um, in Syria and she talks about going to see her um after so many years and 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 her aunt is smelling her and that was so moving to me because there is something about smell about memory um you know I have been separated from my mom for a long time there was a war this year as I was watching that I was just in that moment where I saw my mom after two years and and to hug her and be able to smell her and I think that scene is so wonderful so can you sort of just talk about that through line of, because that's, I think, at the heart of the film, it's about 
um, this, these wonderful women making life, but also it's about their displacement from those who love from, from their homes. And so can you talk about sort of finding that story, which is so moving and so wonderful? Yeah, because it's about also scattered families and displacement mm -hmm. because the families have been displaced and separated. And, uh, and so there was the story of this aunt of my mother that I was always hearing about who in 1948 at the moon of the Nakba had left uh, and was um, was uh, evicted from Tabariya uh, earlier than the rest of the family. So she had started like um, walking towards the north before the rest of the family and she actually passed the frontier to Syria. And so she became a Palestinian refugee who could never come back to her native land while the rest of the family had found a way to, to stay. Uh, and so I knew about this aunt and I knew how much this aunt that always lived far away from the others still impacted the imaginary and the memories and, and the hearts of the family members and all the women of the family who were talking about her all the time. And she was this absent presence. And, and as I say in the film, my mom, always tells me that I had seen her because I had gone to Syria at, at a point and I was very young and I I never I, I didn't remember that mm. and so I, I I realized how you know she was also present in my in my imaginary but my memory didn't recall her so so it was really important for me to talk about this woman because even though she wasn't in my daily life or she wasn't present when I visited my family in Palestine she was still very present in, in the memories. Mm. And, and I realized how much her story was representing all the Palestinian stories at once, you know, because, and also I wanted to show her strength as a woman because she was the one that was separated from all the family, but she also was the one who found a way to come back at a point after 30 years of separation. And she was also the one that, that inspired my mother and her longing for freedom when she's the one that had the less freedoms in mm. all the women. And yeah. so I think it, it tells you a lot about the strength of these women, the strength of their imaginary, how it allows them to inspire other people, even though they were deprived of their rights, of their own identity. And it was so important for me to show her, uh, to show her story and how much she impacted my mother. And I think it's also, it shows a lot about you know, the families that are being displaced, not only in Palestine, but, you know, in many regions and many uh, conflicts throughout the world and how it affects deeply the emotions of each member of the family. You mm -hmm. know, and, and each small story becomes a huge story. And you imagine also all the stories that exist in these, in these, in these collective stories that we tend to talk about mm -hmm. as a mass, you know, all these people from... The Southern Hemisphere, we always talk about, you know, the Sudanese, the Congolese, the Palestinians, as if, you know, they didn't each have, you know, their own story, their own complexity, yeah. couldn't exist individually. And their richness is also individual and they add up to the collective. Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's such a beautiful part of the film. And I love that it, it you know, it's a tapestry that sort of tells the particular story but also tells the story of everyone else. And I think that's why people fall in love with, with, with your work in this film. Um, so 
You mentioned earlier that your dad uh, was an actor, but he also had a camera that was pointed at your Palestinian family or um, at, at different times when you were growing up. Um, so can you talk about that footage and digging into it and finding stuff in it? Because it's all gorgeously edited and presented by you, but also within the story that you wanted to tell in, in the present. And so it becomes a history instead of um, instead of a story that's set in a certain time. Yeah, yeah so I have, I have all these uh, archival personal footage uh, from the 19th that I actually always have uh, watched as a kid, you know, as happy memories of the family. And so when I started to think about the film, I rewatched these images, but this time as an adult and as a, you know, with an eye of an adult, with an eye of a young woman uh, trying to find her place between her different identities, her different families. And so what struck me when I saw these images again was how much the presence of the woman was significant and how much uh, also my mother seemed to belong. And at the same time, I was feeling that uh, she wasn't always at ease. So I started questioning also why she left uh, this place. I knew that I was to pursue her her dream of being an actress, but I was wondering, did she leave all these women in a good or in a bad uh, you know, uh, way? Or how did all these women influence her own choices? How did all these women transmit to my mother? And what did she transmit to me of these women? And what was really interesting also is that my dad was the one filming all that. And mm. he was focusing on all these faces, all these women, all these traditions as if he wanted to capture something that might disappear. So I felt that he was also feeling that all these things could disappear. And it's as if the trauma of displacement and disappearance and erasure that is you know, common to all Palestinians uh, was always a fear that was present. And my dad being an Algerian filming mm -hmm. that is mm -hmm. more impactful because the Algerians also suffered from displacement and yeah. erasure. And so I felt like I was so lucky to have these images as a visual heritage. And also I was perpetuating not only the transmission of the women of my family by going back and filming them again in these places and giving them back their memories, but I was also perpetuating the transmission of my dad. So it was as if I was completing, you know, like all the puzzles of transmission, trying yeah. to fight against you know, the scattering of the family and the dispersed memory by collecting everything and allowing us to all exist in the same time and space, which is an imaginary time and space, an imaginary territory that the film becomes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I think you you succeeded in that. Um, so this is, um, you know, um, a hard time for all Palestinians, for all Arab people who feel a kinship with Palestinians. And But you've been... At, the same time traveling with this film, which is a distinctly Palestinian film and distinctly Palestinian story all over the world, um, in Europe and in the Americas and in, in Morocco, from what I can glean, probably you, yeah. you, you've been to other places. Um, <laughs> so can you tell us about the reaction um, when the, I know the reaction in New York was positive and people felt a connection with the film, but can you talk a little bit about what you've heard as you were showing your story and your film? Yeah, it's it's been it's been hard to show it in this time because emotionally it's a moment in which 
uh, we feel very hurt, we are uh, mourning and we are scared and we feel invisible and we feel censored and we feel erased. And at the same time, being able to accompany the film is a real privilege and I'm very lucky uh, because it's also a way to keep on creating dialogue and exchange at a time when we feel more, more isolated than ever. And it's also a way to keep on having hope because when I show the film and I have all this uh, these positive reactions, this warmth, this generosity that I have been receiving everywhere um, and gives hope in our humanity at a time when we feel like our humanity is totally denied and we, are, we have to constantly prove our humanity and we feel dehumanized. So it, it gives strength a lot. And I think people need to be able to talk about uh, what's going on, but not through the prism of uh, you know, the the very harsh mediatic language and very violent bipolarity of the debates, but more through emotions and things that touch us and our core, which is, um, you know, how do you, how do you deal as a human being with such situations? Mm -hmm. uh, how do you deal as a human being when you lose family members? How do you deal as a human being when you lose your home? when you lose everything you've known, when your memories are destroyed, when you are separated from family members, when you have to leave, when you're in exile. And I think this is something that is common to a lot of people because a lot of people, civilizations, individuals have had to go through similar situations. And I think that anyone, you know, even moving from your the countryside to a city is a form also of you know, exile. So I think <laughs> it can it can yeah. uh, touch uh, emotionally a lot of people. And I think this is what we have to be reminded of, uh, not our differences, but mm -hmm. that allow us to cohabit and live together. And I think it's really important these days, uh, you know, and to, to not fall into hatred, but to uh, really, um, you know, spread uh, love and hope but at the same time being able to talk about what's what's mm -hmm. problematic and to be able to talk about your anger also because anger is not a negative thing H hate is a negative thing yeah so it allows you to also learn how to navigate and to keep on being in touch with the rest of humanity and the rest of the people at a time when you feel like you don't know if you have a place in humanity anymore it's really hard to live you know dehumanization yeah. It's not only a concept or a word like when you live it as a human being it's it's really hard because it's it's all the sense of existence you know yeah 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 um i love that and certainly you you made the people who watch this film in touch with your family um, with your work with your art but also i think um, a lot of us see ourselves in it um so um before we go let our listeners know where I understand the film has U.S. distribution. It's coming out. Um, so yes. can you can you let us know where we will be able to see it and when? Yes. So I'm very happy that we we just started collaborating with a U.S. distributor, which is uh, Women Make Movies. So it's a great team of women. So we we stay in the theme, <laughs> <laughs> strength and power of women. Um, the film will have its Californian premiere in Palm Springs in January. And it's nominated also at the Spirit Awards in February as part of the five best uh, documentaries. 
category. So I'm super uh, grateful for that because it's, I was really surprised and uh, I'm so happy because I wasn't expecting this nomination okay. at all. Yeah. And, uh, and so the film will be released in January in, in some cities in the US, such as Los Angeles and New York, and then it will keep on being distributed. Yeah, yes. Um, Lena, congratulations on the nomination for the Spirit. That's wonderful. If you're a Spirit voter and you're listening to us, vote for Lena. Um, and the film is also up for the Oscars in Best Documentary and Best International Repre Representing Palestine. And Lena, let us know where people can find you on social media so they know if Bye Bye T Tiberius is coming to a, a, a city near them. Yes, so the, um, the film has an Instagram page called at Bye Bye Tiberius. Uh, so all the all the screenings are posted and shared there. Thank you so much, Lena, for coming on the Thank show. Uh, this was so wonderful. Thank you for doing Thank it. You. Um, you can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at I am Picture Show. I'm at Mortada underscore E on Instagram and Emmy underscore says on Mortada uh, and Emmy underscore says on Twitter. And until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>